Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. It's really, I think, useful to appreciate how curious we are as infants, because what it means is it's the natural state of a human being. And this is incredibly significant. Because what it says is, is that curiosity is not something that you do. It's something that you are. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Last week, we began a conversation about curiosity, real listening, and asking questions. And we established that good managers don't just look at the content of the questions they're asked. Good managers also consider the context in which a question is asked. This is an expression of real curiosity. And in this episode, we're going to look at how people express both fear and curiosity in their lives. And critically, how that expression relates to the ways in which they engage with life or don't, as the case often is. This conversation is an excerpt from the final session of the Clear Thinking course. If you want to take the extra time at home you have these days as an opportunity to start living more intentionally, more intelligently, or curiously, you can find the full 11-week coaching seminar at courses.clearandopen.com. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Wouldn't you say your follow-up questions, though? I I feel like you're so well-versed at that. You know, we were in managing and be managed. You, we talked a lot about questioning, mm-hmm. but listening, listening sideways is what I call what you do really well. <laughs> nice, I like that. And I, I, it's a, it's something that I think um, it takes a while to 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 be able to do that effectively. But then yeah. also the follow up questions are so important because so much is revealed through those. Yes. So let me talk about that. So perfect segue, Deborah. Thank you. So. What is the opposite? I promise this is going to come back around. If it, if it doesn't, remind me, please. What is the opposite of fear? Bravery. Mm. Yep. That's how we'd often think about it. And that, okay. that works in some ways. Not what I'm thinking about, though. Acceptance. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's beyond that. I'd say acceptance is on the way. Bravery is a relationship to fear. It's a productive relationship to fear, but it's not the opposite. So let's start by talking about what fear is. Like, what's the experience of fear? What actually is going on when fear happens? I mean, the first word that comes to mind for me is recoil. Yeah, perfect, right? There's a contraction. Yeah. Right? There's an energetic pullback. 
just like if someone throws a punch at someone untrained, they're going to lean back and kind of shrink. They're going to contract. That's the condition response. Someone verbally assaults you, you can feel, you know, it doesn't open your arms up and cause your sternum to lift. And you're not just like, yeah, tell me what else you think about me. That's generally not the default response. There's a contract. Well, that's what you think. You know, there's this contraction. You get tight, sometimes even physically. Tension happens. It's a contraction. So what's the opposite of that? I'd say surrender. Mm -hmm. Surrender, I would say, is is in the neighborhood of um, acceptance. And in the same way, I'd say it's the first step. So it's a, it's part of the process of letting go of that fear. But then if you follow that really to the opposite of fear, I would offer that the opposite, and I know this is counterintuitive, is curiosity. Okay. There's an openness that is an engagement. I mean, imagine if someone were to, you know, someone you knew started just judging the hell out of you and you said, Wow, this is super interesting to hear all the things that you've been thinking about me. What else? What else? What else you got? In a truly open and curious way. What do you think would happen to that person? You're muted, Rebecca. Yeah, it totally diffuses any kind of... Right? That kind of energy. Yeah, it disarms them. How does that work? Right? Interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In college, I had a friend. I was so mad at her for something. I don't even know. In the first couple sentences in, she like she just she had that kind of presence, and it completely diffused it. Yeah, not it, it took it away. Yeah, I, I can't explain it. And she it's, does that to this day now with corporations. Uh huh. Oh, see, so obviously when they're in their hot spot. And yeah. she goes in and she just grounds it. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to explain how that works. But we know that it does because we've all done it. We've, we all know the difference between when there's an openness and uncontraction. Uncontraction is not even enough because it's active. So acceptance is not enough to say it's the opposite of fear because it's neutral. It's certainly better. But there's fear and then... You know, that's like reverse contraction. And then neutral is surrender or acceptance. And then the next level is actually active engagement. Oh, really? Tell me more. What's going on here? It's almost like you're going side by side, shoulder to shoulder with the person. Yeah. You join them. And in a lot of martial arts, Aikido, Tai Chi... Uh, Pakwa, Xingyi, there's a lot of martial arts, uh, the, the more circular arts rather than the linear ones. It said, you know, the common vernacular is, well, you use their energy against them. This is not really accurate. What you do is you join with, you get out, off of the line of attack, you get out of the way, and you join with the energy in exactly the direction it's going. In, in Aikido, it very often is literally shoulder to shoulder. It's a linear attack, a straight punch, say. You move to a place where you're right next to them, physically shoulder to shoulder. And you actually look in the same direction as they are. And then you go with. And what, what you're doing 
is you're, you're going to take their energy to its logical conclusion with curiosity, with engagement. Oh, you're wanting to go here that way. Yeah. Let's check that out together. I'm not going to be standing where your fist is going, but I'm going to be with you. Let's, let's see where that takes us. And you go with. And when you get good at it, it's effortless. Now, it ends up that they end up falling on the ground. But that's not because you had an intention of using their energy against them. That's not the intention. The intention is to join so completely with them that they're disarmed. And so in the same way, when you get curious and open with someone who's verbally assaulting you, when you do that physically, when you express that physically by joining with the energy of where they're going, they get disarmed. Because you as the target disappear. It's quite I see magical. You do that. Oh, good. I see you do that. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not, not in the Aikido thing, but um, when you're talking with people here in the web, webcast. Well, that is Aikido. Not physical. Not the physical kind. But good. I, st- I studied the art for about six years. So if it doesn't show up, then I definitely didn't do it very well. So, you know, and, and I also about curiosity, if you think about babies, infants, they're really curious, right? That's why you've got to move all your cleaning chemicals and lock the cabinets and stuff because they will get into absolutely everything, right? They don't just choose some things to put in their mouth. Everything goes in their mouth. No exceptions. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? They do not discern. There's no, it's pure, total curiosity because the mouth is for infants. That's like the best way they know how to encounter something. They don't have a mind yet. They, they can't really look at stuff and be like, oh, look, that's a blue cube. No, they've got to put it in their mouth to encounter it. And they will put absolutely everything they can get their hands on in their mouth. So much so that when you have an infant, you've got to you know, be eternally vigilant. Right? There can be no pins, no coins, no buttons. There can be nothing around because it's going to go in their mouth. Do you realize what kind of radical curiosity that is? Yeah, including the dog's tongue. <laughs> <laughs> right? You've never met an adult that curious. <laughs> right? Well, you see them on YouTube. <laughs> well, there will be instance where they do that. But imagine an adult who is so curious about their surroundings that they're engaging with it like that. Now, what would happen? And not necessarily putting it in your mouth, but like just checking everything out. It's similar to like, uh, you know, cats are, of course, famous for their curiosity. And if you change something in a room, like move furniture around or, uh, you know, put a box in it or something, and there's this feeling that the cat has, you can feel it. There's like, well, something's different here. It's just really specific. They're like, I got to check it out. And, and first, they're very still like, well, okay, what is that? And then they kind of move really. And then maybe they walk around it a couple times. They don't just dive in like infants. They're a little more discerning than that. But they got to check it out. I was doing some work in my garage, which like my living room has a 20-foot ceiling. And I had a ladder going up 18 feet to one of the windows. And I had come down the ladder and was uh, getting some other tools. And my cat walked up the ladder (laughs) faster than I do. Just walked right up to the top of the thing. 
I was like, whoa, that's remarkable. He had a difficult time getting down. But it's like, here's a part of the garage I've never been to. And now there's a way. I got to check it out. Right? Had to go there. Joseph, we, we lost our cat for a few weeks because we didn't realize when we went into the attic, uh, she, she went up there when we weren't looking mm-hmm. <laughs> in the owls. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. I have, I, it's so funny. I've lived here for two years and there's this uh, little crawl space behind my bedroom under the roof line. And uh, I put like suitcases and stuff in there. And uh, one time the, the cats discovered it because I'm not usually, I only have the door off for like, you know, a couple of minutes. And, and so one time I had the door, it's this little door that just fits in the frame. And I had it off and the cats came in and they were like, what? What? You could feel it. There was, a new part of the house we've never discovered. And they went in there and just disappeared. I didn't even know where they went. And, you know, I'm sure they were enjoying themselves. And, you know, like 20 minutes later, they emerged. I left the door off until they came out. And then like a month later, I was in there with a flashlight because I was using a little deeper and deeper than I usually do. And I happened to shine the flashlight off to the left. And I saw where I expected there to be a wall. There wasn't. I was like, what's what? And I, and I discovered that what I thought was an expanse of like 15 feet along one of the walls of the bedroom actually made a 90 degree left turn, went another 15 feet, and then made another left turn and went another 15 feet. The passageway, which you can crawl through, was three times bigger than I'd realized. Cat would have cat figured that out on the first try. <laughs> For me, it took me two years. That's curiosity. They, they will not rest until they've checked absolutely every part of it out. And that's why the cats knew that part of my house better than I did. They, and they know under the house better than I do too. Right? They just go everywhere. That's curiosity. So it's really, I think, useful to appreciate how curious we are as infants. Because it, it, what it means is it's the natural state of a human being. And this is incredibly significant because what it says is, is that curiosity is not something that you do. It's something that you are. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.